Welcome everybody to the Kayfabe Court. With us as always is Randy. I spit in the face of people who don't want to be Puerto Rican Ramos. Who don't want to be cool. I am Zeke the Business Sublet. And with us as always is Ben Albert. Why don't I get a gimmick? Well, yours is a shit gimmick, but... We've been watching a lot of 2006 and you don't qualify as the masterpiece. <laughs> There's, there's supposed to be an awkward pause after yours, just to basically shit all of you. Wow, that was rude. <laughs> rude. Ben the Meg of this podcast. Ben. Oh, come on. Little Sasquatch Albert. Hey, hey everybody. Yeah. I'm out. Uh, ben Pegleg Albert. Ben Gimpy Albert. He'd Not be that ben, Gimpy anymore. If he's Pegleg, he'd be Ben Birchill. <laughs> He's swinging on a rope on velocity. <laughs> ben, stanky leg, Albert. I'll take it, I guess. <laughs> All right, gentlemen. Court is in session. We got a hot one today, right? Mm. We got a... This mm. is a provocative case from what you guys have told me. Hey, well, you've seen some of it. And yeah. As previously established, as a... I don't know. A B-plus religious man, probably. Yeah. I'm a man of, I'm a man of, of faith. Sure. Not of the cloth. Not, mm, no. <laughs> no, no, he wears wicker hats. <laughs> Technically, it's called Tokia. Sure. Handwoven in Ecuador. Welcome to haberdashery. <laughs> anyway, anyway, uh, we led up to this one. We're doing uh, Vince McMahon and Shane McMahon versus uh, God? Well, Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels, Michaels and God. And God. But... It's technically uh, two McMahons against two gods. One, two one god, two gods. and yeah. the wrestling god. Mm. Thought that was JBL. No, that's what he says. But oh, okay. Gotcha. So, someone name a good a five star match he ever had. Mm. Mm. So we, I'm, I'm predicting some pretty uh, deep conversation with this one. I'm really excited, um, guys. How you doing? How you guys feeling? Been a couple weeks. Yeah, pretty good. We're good. Pretty We're good. good. Just caught up on NXT, yeah. and I think we all agree. Alistair Black is the fucking man. <laughs> he's incredible. He really yeah. is awesome. Yeah. I've heard he's a really nice dude as well. So I've... I have a question. <laughs> New segment that we're dubbing called I Have a Question. Yes, sir. Who do you guys think is the next up on the main roster from NXT? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I mean, Alistair Black, they're obviously pushing for him to come up and be a main event guy right away. Um... Drew Galloway, or McIntyre as he is in the WWE, is probably the most likely to have a short stay and come up and be upper mid-card, um, B-level pay-per-view main event. I would say I would say McIntyre. McIntyre? Randy? Uh, ben? Personally, I'm, I'm probably going to say uh, Alistair Black. I mean, they've had him at uh, main roster house shows. He's been on main event um, on the network. Uh, I mean, they, he's already worked with the main roster. He had a squash match against... Uh, um, Kurt he'll, Hawkins. So he'll be up quick, but I'm yeah. not sure it's as quick. Yeah. You think he beats Rude and, and McIntyre? Rude, I think, definitely. I think it's but... pretty obvious they have bigger plans for him than the other two. Right? Yeah, Bobby Rude definitely he'll beat onto the main roster. Um, as Randy said, Rude has no place on the main roster. Hmm. Um, and then why do you think that? Why do you guys think that? Because you know I love Bobby Rude, but 
Again, right. okay, it's, more so it's mostly pageantry. It's I was mostly say, a theme song. That's, that's what it is. It, it's, it's a theme song and an entrance. Mm-hmm. Whereas, say, people like Nakamura or um, other people will disagree with Finn Balor. They have the pageantry, but they also have the skill in the ring. A lot of people have been kind of souring on Balor, but he still has it. Nakamura, of course, has the skill in the ring. Bobby Roode is just very he basic. plain. He's a he's, very... He's a, he he would have if he came out in '94, mm-hmm. would be he would have been champion for like a year and a half mm. because he is a good gimmick and character, cuts a good promo and stuff. But his matches are not. It's hmm. like what he he's he's dated basically. That's yeah. the way I feel about it. So you guys don't think that you know because he has kind of like a nostalgia esque gimmick, like maybe like a little bit of a throwback to, you know, '80s and early '90s wrestling. That's not gonna do him any favors. I don't think it's main event. Okay, it's upper mid card. Okay, I see U.S. title, but yeah, that's probably. I think that's as far as he goes. That's, that's as far as he goes. Probably. Yeah. I'm actually really surprised he's NXT champion. No, no, <laughs> I they, they were gonna do that anyway. Oh, I know. Once the I'm, song got over, yeah, like that, everything for him was set after that. Thank you, Ciampa and Gargano. Mm. <laughs> yeah, he would. He would honestly, if if Ciampa was hit. Healthy right now, he would be pushed down a little bit, and they would be probably main eventing matches with Champa Gargano for the title. Hmm. Yeah, but since Champa's out for like seven months, yeah, and that's also going to stunt. Like Gargano's not going to be on two hundred five live now. Like they, they, I'm souring on that division. So I have a question about uh, two hundred five live, real quick. Just uh, as we're kind of talking about current wrestling, um, Enzo, what do we think? Uh, people seem to hate him. In the company, uh, do we, does he go to two hundred five live or does he go There's to a lot of speculation? Yeah, I don't. I, That's my question. Does he go to two hundred five so, live or does he go back to NXT to try what to I've make his own name? Is that there's there's talks of him being put on two hundred five live, but the problem is he will be buried in that division because every single person in the cruiserweight division is better than Enzo. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, not on the mic, but skill wise, they just are. Um, his Best place is in NXT, and then apparently Global Force is saying that uh, if they don't have a place for him there, then Global Force will take him. He right. needs the NXT though, because he's a solo guy. He's, he really, yeah, right. he really needs to go back. And Global Force, I mean, that's basically just Titanic, right? At this point, it's not good. <laughs> yeah, it's I not, mean, it's not sinking yet, but it's, it's on, it's on I, course to the. Uh, they're hemorrhaging, the hemorrhaging talent. I would say, like. in a way, they're probably doing better than ROH because everyone from ROH is in NXT now. Like they're all, yeah. everyone's jumping ship or going to New Japan, so no one's actually under contract to like really ROH anymore. Yeah. Do yeah. you guys? Here's here's a question. Do you guys think that maybe Enzo just goes and be, becomes a manager? Do we think like if it, it, everything That's that I've his, been reading, everything that I've been reading has been saying that like his ring work is shit. But he's got this personality that is super infectious when he's out there. Does he just stop wrestling and just become a manager of something? I think long term, if you wanted to make serious money, a face manager is the way for him to go. Breaking. Like, it's the same thing. Like, Miz is five years away from being uh, a Paul Heyman level heel manager. Totally. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's a like, good point. Miz will be able to work on wrestling until he's 65. Yeah. So- Breaking up Enzo and Cass was probably the worst thing they've ever done. But they, um, I, I think a lot of that was done from backstage heat but on Enzo because I know, he's but, partying too much. And the fact that Vince McMahon from the second cast got up there had a fucking Roman Reigns boner for well, that. Well, see, that's, that's the thing. They both kind of cover up each other's flaws. Enzo can cut a mega promo right? but can hardly work. 
Yeah. Whereas Cass is the complete opposite. He can, I mean, he can cut a promo if it needed to save his life. He can cut but, a B plus promo. Yeah. If, yeah. if he needed to save his life, he could cut a promo. But throwing him in the main event and expecting to be able to go against other people, it's just not, not smart. I think so they he's, kinda, a, he's a poor man's test. <laughs> <laughs> Alright But they they, they covered each other's flaws So they could have done a very soft Integration from them being a tag team Into maybe Enzo kayfabe Career ending injury Now he kind of slowly integrates into a um, Into a managerial role He could have easily been um, Cass's mouthpiece As he already was so, Just so, without the wrestling part So Ben you, you think that Breaking them them up oh. was a mistake. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, they absolutely. they could have they could have stayed together and maybe not have been a tag team, but morphed into this manager or you know. Well, I mean, if you really hashtag me, advocate, you if you will, you could have done what the New Age Outlaws did around WrestleMania 15, where one was in the Hardcore Division and the other was in the IC title, but they never officially broke up. That I mean, that would have been okay too. I mean, when you really think about it, Cass isn't getting booed because he's a heel. He's getting booed because... He's getting booed off the love of Enzo. Yes. Right. And Enzo is not over because of his skill. Enzo is over because he can talk in the mic. Right. Everybody, I mean, anybody that watches wrestling week to week knows that Enzo... I mean, I hate to say it. Sucks. I mean, granted, I haven't I haven't done his work rate. I don't know. Like, I probably suck too. But he sucks. You could definitely get knocked out by the bottom rope. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> That's a reference. Uh, what pay per view was that? With the, they did the the. It was. Um, I don't remember. Villains, villains, right? Villains, yeah. right. I just watched a shoot and it was awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, that's 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 cool. Now All to right. get into heavier topics. Yeah. All right. Oh. So, shall we dive in? I think that's a good place. I think you guys have made your points. Shall we dive into the case at hand? There's no time like the present. No time like the present. We're talking. The McMahons versus God and Shawn Michaels. Wrestling God. Wrestling God. All right. Court, court is in we need, order. We need to get you a gavel. No, the beer can works. The beer can works. The beer can's over. Yep. All right. Who told you this? Ben. <laughs> Let's start with prosecution. Who's do, who, who actually is doing prosecution and defense? That, that would be me. I'm so, mean. Ben's doing prosecution. Yes. And Randy, you're defending this angle. I'm defending Wrestling God. All right. So what I know about this so far is this is about a what you guys said it was about a six month run with uh, this. Yeah, it, go, it goes yeah. from December to April. Yeah, it's a long time. Yeah. All right. It goes from it goes from December to my wife. Oh, you suck. No. <laughs> it's not even has no place. Yeah. No place. I get the joke. No place. <laughs> Randy, you know I'd usually defend most of your references. But <laughs> <laughs> that one was bad. It's, All right. Could have waited. <laughs> prosecution. Use your one. State your case. So as of right now, um, I'm going to be charging this case with uh, bad booking, overbooking, and uh, something that we haven't talked about before. I'm going to go ahead and say uh, poor taste um, with this specific um, with the, with this specific one is too much blending of kayfabe and non-kayfabe uh, s- scenarios. Um, so I'm just going to go ahead and say that's that's poor taste. Um, so those are my three charges for this one. Well, okay. What level would you go for each one? 
I'm going to say felony, poor taste, um, felony overbooking, misdemeanor, bad booking. All right. <laughs> you're thinking about it, you're like, okay, he's right. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just thinking from my end, I'm like, yeah. that's manageable. <laughs> All right. All right. So All right. Dive into it, brother. From what I've seen is that this feud initially took off um, right when, uh, when Bret Hart's DVD was uh, coming out. Um, and that's when they started to bring up uh, the Montreal Screwjob. Um, it was a shoot interview. Um, about that, how Bret Hart felt and everything, and uh, the angle started off with uh, Vince McMahon saying that while the show went on, he was going to uh, watch this DVD and then give his own personal review in the ring later on that night. So he comes out, he uh, he talks about it very, very briefly and says that he's going to bring out his partner in crime from the Montreal Screwjob, Shawn Michaels. Michaels comes out. And uh, he says a couple things off mic, and then they go into on mic, start arguing a little bit, where Michaels tells Vince that the screw job happened eight years ago. He needs to get over it. He needs to move on. Now, within that time, um, screw job happened in 97. Uh, this specific angle happened in 2005, or started in 2005. Uh, the screw job had happened already, or replicated twice. Um, once in 1998 Dead with... Dead the Game. What's that? Dead the Game. There's a Rock Mankind. Yep. They did uh, The Rock and Mankind. Same scenario. Same move uh, where The Rock put Mankind in a sharpshooter. And Vince intentionally walked the same way to the bell guy. Yep. And had them ring the bell. And then again in 1999 in WCW with uh, Bret Hart facing Goldberg with Piper as the, uh, as the referee where as soon as... Uh, as soon as the sharpshooter was put on, Piper rang the bell. So they've replicated it twice within that uh, that time. Granted, it was within a year's time or two years' time, but it's something that's already been re- replicated. And now eight years later, they're bringing it up again and then turning a non-kayfabe scenario into now a kayfabe angle using those same two people. So that's that's one of the cases where it's in uh, in poor taste. Um, but basically, he's reigniting a fire that has been extinguished eight years ago. I have a question. Yes. You have brought up the Montreal screw job. Correct. What, why is that relevant to this case? So, in 1997, um, there was a match at, was it WrestleMania, Randy? Correct me if I'm wrong. No, but I think we're I, we're playing our hand and maybe what we should do as a case soon if Zeke is unfamiliar. But, yeah, okay. So uh, Survivor Series 97. Oh, I apologize. So um, I dated myself. I mean, granted, I was not old enough to watch it at the time. Um, Bret, Bret Hart was on his way out. He had had a, uh, like a 10-year, $20 million deal. I think it was like four years as an active wrestler and then, I don't know, 14 or 16 years as like a, a WWE uh, like consigliere to media and stuff and like Canadian market. And Vince wanted out of the contract because it was still before Austin was really taken off. He was still like a hot mid-carder at the time. Okay. So he told Brett to go negotiate with WCW for a contract. And then since him and Shawn Michaels weren't getting along very well and Brett Hart the belt, he didn't want to lose to Michaels in Canada because of personal reasons that they weren't getting along. And Shawn had said he would never job to him. What were the personal reasons? They didn't like each other backstage. They'd been in fights. Uh, they had gotten in a fight where Bret Hart pulled out a chunk of 
Shawn Michaels' hair, and they were both sent home before a taping of Raw. And it was actually acknowledged on the air that they were both sent home for um, non-professional conduct. And Shawn Michaels on air had made a joke that Bret Hart was having an affair with Sonny. Meanwhile, at the time, Michaels was actually fucking Sonny behind Candido's back. And it was very personal. So on Bret's last night in the company at Survivor Series 97, he said he wouldn't lose to Shawn. And that leaves the belt open to Brett taking it onto Nitro, which Alundra Blaze had already done and dumped the women's title in the trash can on live TV on WCW TV. So Brett said he didn't want the belt to go to Nitro. Or no, Brett was holding the belt. Vince didn't want to leave himself open for that again. And he said we have to take it off him. So in a meeting a couple weeks beforehand, it was just Vince, Triple H, and Michaels. And I believe it's credited as Triple H said, if he doesn't want to do business, then we'll fucking do business for him. We're going to screw him. And then Vince said, so we all know what we're talking about here. And then Shawn Michaels, as him and Vince were very tight throughout all of his being an asshole in the 90s, he said, I'll do whatever you ask me to. Just I need to know that this isn't going to get, like, you'll help me out in this. So they agreed they were going to fuck him out of the title. So it would end up on WCW TV. So before the match, they knew what the finish was. He puts, uh, Shawn Michaels puts the sharpshooter on Brett. Vince calls for the bell. And then he gets spit on in the face from Bret Hart. They cut the match early. Shawn runs to the back. They drive him out of the building. Gerald Briscoe was waiting to escort him out. Uh, Brett trashed all the ringside equipment, spelled out WCW in the air for the camera, and then backstage punched Vince McMahon in the eye, uh, gave him a black eye, and I think Vince uh, cracked his ankle in the process of getting knocked out. <laughs> A lot. And that's the Montreal screw job. That's mm-hmm. the Montreal screw job. So, so there was stuff that happened on camera, and then there was stuff that happened yeah, outside, yeah. So outside it, of kayfabe. It was all off camera until that night, pretty much, and they just made allusions to it. And then, so a complete horrible non kayfabe situation. Now, eight years later, and that's a long time. Yeah. Eight years later is being brought up, and now into an angle that started with. Bret Hart's DVD coming out. So, kind of adding a lot of fuel to a non-existent fire so it, to see what happens. So, who's bringing up this angle at this point? It starts with Vince uh, doing a quote-unquote review of Bret Hart. He addresses uh, Shawn Michaels in the ring uh, as his uh, his partner in crime. And then Shawn Michaels tells, him, tells Vince that he needs to get over it and he needs to let it go. So, from that moment on... Starts a little bit of bad blood between Vince and Sean, because apparently Vince doesn't like to be told to let things go. So, so in other words, what you're saying is that the the the, the vehicle, the weapon in this huge angle that that kind of reshaped and and had a major impact on wrestling, doesn't want to be associated with this event anymore. It shouldn't be. Not eight years later. So, you've Three, got four, maybe five, but eight—that's that's a yeah. long time. So it's kind of like Shawn Michaels is like, "Look, I participated in this event for you, but you keep bringing it up." It's not my—it's not who I am. It's not my. It's not who I am. I want to put this behind me. Yeah, I did so, it for you, and now he's so but, he's addressed McMahon to put it behind him as well, um, and that's that's where this whole thing kind of kicks off. Okay, so it's kind of like a. You know, hold, you know, holding someone 
what's the what's the analogy that I'm looking for? I'm so sorry. Um, yeah, he's holding him over a barrel. Like, look, don't forget that I yeah. I did this for you so long ago. You either play ball or get the fuck out. That's where it gets to. Yeah, it's not there yet. Okay. So, ready? Shawn Michaels is looking to oh. to put this behind him. He already has. He played ball. He played ball. He's not proud of it, but it happened yes. nonetheless. The deed was done. The defense is burning at this point. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to get some context here. Okay. Yes. So, all right. Uh, do you rest? I rest. Okay. All right. So, why that is the right move is to bring that up is they want to go to a, a McMahon, Shawn Michaels feud. And if you just released a career retrospective of Bret Hart in the WWE, it's also a great way to move product. So you start the angle that way. And it's perfect to have Shawn come out and say, move on. That's, that's way in the past. I'm not even that dude anymore. I'm a Christian dude. Um, I have regrets about it, but I was loyal to the company. And he even says, I think it's two weeks after that in January, I would do it again if you asked me. Because I'm loyal to this company. I've always been about this company. But I think you should move on. But since we're in a phase of it's another midlife crisis McMahon era where he's power drunk and I've created all of you, you're all below me. Because Sean is not willing to admit that what they did was good. And that he shouldn't have any guilt or uh, regrets about it. That kicks off the whole McMahon feud. And it just makes McMahon at this point because... He can't move on from it because Sean has and has found God. Vince, a dude who has had many angles saying things about like how he doesn't uh, believe in a God or all this other stuff. He is almost irritated by the clarity Michaels has through it. And that's pretty much the genesis for the whole feud. You grease my palm. I grease yours. And just because you might take a different stance on a certain topic, that doesn't mean that, you know... I'm not going to hold this against you down the road no matter how long it is, you know. It's a jealousy of someone else's clarity. Yeah. All right. Hmm, this is juicy. Okay. <laughs> so, do you rest? Yeah, I'm good with opening. Okay. Seconds. All right. Cool. So, um, as Randy said in, uh, in January, a few weeks after this had started, um, Michaels does say that it is something that he would do again. He does say that. However... It's more of a, a selfish approach. He's saying, like, as far as his career is concerned, it's something that he would do again because it helped his career. He was now champion at that point. Who wouldn't? Who wouldn't do something to become a champion? Did he directly say it helped his career, or it was because he's asked and he's loyal to the company? Neither. I don't believe I neither believe of it was he said he did it because he was loyal to the company. Okay. Um, All right, so on, I'll, on, I think the January second episode. So I'll redact that. However, on uh, January twenty third, uh, in backstage after several weeks of Vince McMahon screwing over uh, Michaels, interrupting in matches, um, setting stipulations against him, uh, backstage after Michaels loses yet another match due to Vince, Sean apologizes to Vince for offending him and tells him, "You know what? Don't move on." Don't let it go. Do whatever it is that it is that makes you happy. So Vince goes, you know what? Like That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to start doing things that makes me happy. Um, he says that, in quotes, he wants to make that place all about sex, drugs, and rock and roll again. Oh, no. Which, of course, is pertaining to like the Attitude Era at this point. Again, we're in 2005. 
Um, so then he kind of brings it over to Sean and tells him that he needs the old Shawn Michaels back. And then he also asks, whatever happened to that pill-popping party guy? Which, is, again, is bringing back non-kayfabe real issues with Shawn Michaels with substance and drug abuse. Um, he was very, very reckless to himself. Um, in which Sean says that guy is never going to come back. Obviously, he's he's uh, as Randy has said, he's you know he sees the clarity. He says that guy is never going to come back. So now Vince kind of takes the feud in a different direction. Now it's no longer about I would say Michaels about playing ball. Now it's about the fact that Michaels isn't doing uh, isn't being the person that Vince wants him to be. So that's the motive. Yes, it changes again. It, it changes. It changes Again. to uh, Vince wants Shawn Michaels to worship him, which is not happening. Michaels not going to play ball with something like that. I have a question. <laughs> is there a any sort of title on the line? Is there anything nope. that's driving this? Just personal. This is All strictly personal. personal, which is where the the poor taste comes into play, because you're starting to. You're you're really blending real life, not like the the Montreal Screwjob is one thing, but you're blending a lot of personal and health and mental issues into play. That's it's it's in really really poor taste. It's just not okay to do. Okay. Anything further? Um, as far as this goes, um, yeah, I'll rest for right now. Okay. Um. As far as that blending the backstage and uh, on-camera kayfabe stuff, they always use that in a way to try and bring smarks back in and people who have moved on from the basic part of wrestling. So doing that, I think, is trying to bring that back. Maybe at that point, business was down. They're trying to bring back lapsed fans who left. So even just saying the name Bret Hart gets some people to tune into TV, saying they're going to talk about a Bret Hart DVD. And uh, so I think... It's all very coherent in the way that it transitions from it was Vince and Sean were thick as thieves in 97 and Sean could do whatever he wanted and wouldn't go anywhere. And then when Vince really needed him, he did the job. So Vince, now that he's moving into a, a point in his character where he is another midlife crisis McMahon and he's power drunk and thinks he's on top of the world and everything, once his guy, who has been his dude forever, is not listening to him, he almost gets jealous in like a, a love scorned way. And now he's mad that Sean's loyalty is to God and not him. Hmm. So that's all very well coherently booked. And it started off with the thing with the DVD to push product, make the company money, mm -hmm. and then move into an angle that's going to be a upper mid card, semi main event level deal. Which it, it eventually, that all of this, I think they started back then, in, including um, at the Rumble in 2006, Michaels was eliminated when Vince came down to the ring, distracted him, and Shane snuck in and threw him out in a badass black suit. And then that moves into like the Rumble and stuff where Vince, or no, not the Rumble, it moves into WrestleMania, where there's a street fight between McMahon and Michaels. Okay. The street um, fight happened on Saturday Night Main Event. That was between Shane. Oh, okay. You just didn't you didn't specify yeah. which McMahon. I apologize. All right, so we've got some we've got some context here. We've got some pretty pretty deep topics. I mean, I think we're you know 
for a podcast that's called the Kayfabe Court, I think we're pretty much uh, defining. Kind of, we're defining what Kayfabe really means here, as people are, you know, really blending. But the, it's when they when they intentionally blur it so you don't know yeah, if it's real or not. It's yeah, it's weird. That's when it gets weird. So I guess what I need now is I need some time frame. So Ben, why don't you start off by, you know. Letting me know, like, when when it started, kind of, you know, I know you said some years. We're talking okay. about 97, right? Absolutely. But let, let's talk about some 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 raw, some pay-per-views, some things like that to kind of, like, put this into a little bit more of a time frame. Yeah, no, no, no problem. So, um, as Randy had mentioned, um, at the 2006 Royal Rumble, um, Shane had, uh, had interfered in it. Obviously, there's really no rules aside from don't go over the top. So, Shane comes in. He's not in the match. He eliminates uh, Shawn Michaels. And that's when this kind of... It started. starts to kind of spark up this, a little bit okay. more. Yeah, to the actual next level. The Royal Rumble 2006. It, it all okay. escalates in that. All right. Yes. All right, so, cool. However, during this feud, Shane was never, or the beginning of the feud, Shane was never addressed. He was never spoken of, was never on camera for this specific feud. So it was all very random. Granted, McMahon's always stick together. That I get. But he just kind of came out of nowhere, eliminates... Sean, and they really don't address it all that much again. Uh, they really don't explain as to why Vince got Shane involved to begin with. Um, and that, that's, that's when we start to kind of go into the, um, the overbooking portion of this, is that we're starting to add people into the mix that, that don't need to be added in. Okay. It originally started with a trifecta with Brett not even being on camera. It was just Vince and Michaels. I rest right now. All right. Okay. So... Bringing Shane in is Vince replacing his number one, who was always Shawn Michaels. It's like 89 Batman. You are my number one. And I. It's like that deal. Good reference. Okay. So he brings Shane in to replace him. uh, Almost as like it would be a personal attack. As Shawn has said in a lot of stuff, Vince was uh, like a father figure to him. So it's almost a passive aggressive X tactic to be like, I'll bring in my actual son. You were never a son to me, to make it more personal. Okay, all right. So that's why Shane gets involved. And then even Shane's character kind of develops a little bit, which is, this is precursoring to him having matches with Kane and all this other stuff, and face Shane. Because as the angle goes on and it cuts to the stuff in the church, even Shane is not very happy with what Vince is doing. Can I object real quick, though? Yeah. So you start talking about uh, uh, with uh, Vince replacing Michaels, saying like with the, the train of thought of "You were never my son," you know, yada yada yada. Was that ever said on camera? No, but that's then, all. But that, you're you're just speculating. That's all stuff that was said on Confidential in I believe it's 2004 when uh, Confidential was a late night Saturday thing at 11 o'clock. On yeah, no one watched that. And, <laughs> and they had it was the first time Sean said on camera that he was in on the screw drop because Vince told him when it happened to deny it, deny it, deny it. I don't want the heat to go on you. All the heat should be on me because mm-hmm. he wanted him to be safe in the locker room and not have people not want to work with him because they would be afraid. So I, I used 2003, 2004, either late 2003, um, where that happened. So that's where I, even in that interview, Sean says, he's like, I would do anything for the dude. He made all my dreams come true. He's like a father figure to me. And when I wasn't a great dude, he was there for me in a lot of ways. So that's all been out there on their programming. That but, that's the relationship they had. But okay, 
was it ever said that Vince was replacing Sean with Shane? No, but that's the implication of the story. But no, that's it's just speculating because they never addressed it. They just had Shane come out, eliminate Michaels, and now, boom, he's part of the feud. But they never once said that that was the reasoning, nor did they actually imply it. You're just speculating with that. No, that's, that's the blatant intention with the writing, is to him say, my son, because he always says, my son, Shane. And then even on various other interviews they've had throughout the product, he always says, Sean was like a son to me. Yeah, but he always does the, my son, Shane. I mean, even during the Attitude Era, the whole uh, um, ministry, he would always say, my son. Yeah. My daughter. So he just brings it up there. But that was before it's, this. It's helpful to move it along. I feel like it's just context. And then it, it even works better because as it goes on, where he says, uh, uh, "I create," where he's in the church and stuff, he says, like, I created uh, Stone Cold and Hulk Hogan, and even my king-sized grapefruits had the DNA to create my son Shane. And all of this is, he is better. It's an attack on God. Vince trying to say he's better and that he should be worshipped by Sean by saying even what he created, his son Shane, is better than Michael's. And that's kind of the lead up to their match at Saturday night's main event. All right. Overruled. Fair enough. That's Okay. okay so, I'll yeah, I'm here. I'm, I'm with you. because um, we're trying to get to Vince versus God, but it just starts with Vince versus Michael's. And it becomes Vince's insane ego makes it so it's not about the physical character. It's about taking away Shawn Michaels' happiness. This is a this is a lot. So what I want to know now is where you you've had some good build up um, as far as ego goes and and you know machismo with Vince McMahon and pride with Shawn Michaels. I want to know a little bit about where the God element starts to take hold of this gimmick. Okay, so. On, uh, on February 13th of uh, 2006, um, Vince has uh, uh, Shawn Michaels have a mandatory retirement party where he is going to force Michaels to retire. Which date was that? Uh, February 13th, 06? Um, yeah, yeah, that happens on that date. <laughs> but but that's, um, that's not the first time the retirement thing has been in. I'm, no, I'm just... He asked for both the God section, okay. so we're okay. going into that. Yeah. Yep. Let's. I want to. I want to start to know a little bit so, more about this. And this is. I feel like we're we're gonna go into a little bit of the bad booking um, in this in this portion. Um, so Vince is throwing Michaels a mandatory uh, retirement party, and where Vince, as he's talking about Michaels throughout the night, he has you know selective clips of Shawn Michaels about Vince's hand selected high points of Michaels' career. You know, including the Montreal Screwjob. Um, I believe one of them was including uh, Michael's getting losing thrown. Losing a smile. Lose, uh, that's right. started with the losing a smile when he first left and then came back, um, which is great for the record. Can you elaborate on that a little bit more? Um, Michael's goes through a whole promo. Um, now, this is before I was watching, so I'm really dated on this. Um, but basically, Michael's wasn't happy anymore, and he, quote, lost his smile. He just didn't have the love anymore. Um, Randy will go el- elaborate a little bit. He was watching at this time. Um, Michaels at that point was scheduled, uh, and in the rematch from the Iron Man match, they were working towards the main event of WrestleMania 13 being Brett and Sean, mm-hmm. with Brett going over. Yeah. So uh, Sean had had, I think, like a little bit of a knee problem, and he went to the doctor, and they said, well, you know, the cartilage is not great from years of wrestling and stuff, and it was thought backstage by all the wrestlers that Sean went out there. This is peak 
pill Sean and dickhead, I'm better than everyone else in the world backstage. Free screwdriver. Yes, yes. This yes. is um, probably around January of 97 in okay. that area. No, this, you know, this is probably a little later than that because this is post-97 Rumble weather in his hometown in San Antonio. So this is February, March. Okay. And I, I think it's he. it might have actually been in Lowell. Where he went I out. I don't recall where it was. Yeah, so he basically walked out to the ring. It's how they opened Raw. He told them two days before, I'm, I'm relinquishing the title. Um, I have a, my knee, apparently I'll never be able to work again, and my career is over. So in the promo, he was supposed to just go out there and cut, I'm too hurt to wrestle anymore. What happened was he said, um, there's a lot of things I've lost along the way, and uh, the one thing that even my mom noticed was I've lost my smile. No one backstage knew he was going to say that. And he goes, so I don't care if it's cool or not. I have to go find that before I can come back. So he started off saying it was a knee injury. Then he says a smile. So everyone backstage thinks he just wants to get out of Lucy DeBrett because they're having personal problems. Mm -hmm. And then as that goes on, uh, Michaels would show up on Raw weeks before WrestleMania. And he would stand on the top rope and do a backflip and land on his feet. And then go, ooh, my knee. Mm, okay. Almost like a fuck you, Brett. <laughs> okay. Which turns into Brett having a one of the greatest matches in WWE history with Michaels at WrestleMania 13. And then the main event ends up being Sid versus The Undertaker. Ah. I remember that. We, I actually just watched that with my buddy a couple weeks ago. Okay. All right, so... So, this retirement party. Yeah. He, you know, throughout the night, they're showing clips, you know, things like that. Peak uh -huh. of Michaels' career. This is on TV? Yep, on TV throughout the night. Um, so, with, when Vince... With, with subtle digs built in there with yes. like, the smile and stuff. So, when Vince finally comes out... Um, he tells the crowd that he, uh, he basically honey dicks everybody several what? times for no reason. Literally no reason. Uh, he says that... By the he, way, uh, why wasn't that Val Venus's finisher name? <laughs> the honey dick? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. There was a money shot too, man. So, like, <laughs> so you have to sidebar that. Uh, <laughs> so, um, and Vince is saying he's got things, like, ready for, you know, special events for Sean, like a tribute music video. And then he goes, oh, oh did they, I don't, I don't remember. I don't have my notes. Did they do the tell me the lie video from when they did the concussion thing? I don't think so. Oh, damn. That would have been awesome. So he says, oh, I have a tribute music video for Sean. Well, actually, we're not going to do that. But what I do have is, and this is during the, the brand split. He goes, I have every superstar from Raw and SmackDown backstage ready to come out and shake your hand. Nah, we're not going to do that either. And he goes, oh, like we flew in your family, you know, to, you know, see you off. Uh, we didn't do that either. This is what we did do. And then they introduced more people into the feud. The Spirit Squad. Oh, God. <laughs> All so, right. this is also into the overbooking, along with the bad booking. So, he introduced the Spirit Squad, and what he did for Shawn Michaels is, uh, they did a cheer for him. And that's what they did. That's all it was. Poorly, poorly written cheer from the Spirit Squad. Okay. So. Wouldn't like you, G L Y. I mean, more complicated than that. Yo, ass crossed. <laughs> <laughs> so, really bad. So, Spirit Squad, Spirit Squad comes out. They were, um, they were originally introduced uh, a few weeks prior during a match between uh, the King and Coach for a Royal Rumble qualifying match. They came out, distracted King, King lost, Coach won. There you go. That's the first we saw the Spirit Squad. Now we're seeing them again in this. Um. So, along with that, so you asked about the whole God aspect. 
Michaels comes out. Um, he refuses to retire, and then starts saying that um, you know he doesn't want to retire. He he loves this business. This is all he knows, and this is what he loves. And he tears up the retirement papers, and uh, basically Vince starts saying that he goes, "I don't know why you're doing this to me." And Vince goes, "You want to know why I'm doing this to you?" And this is Randy stated this earlier. We we're a little ahead of time, but Vince goes, "I'm doing this to you because." You know who you are. Like, you have what I can't have, and that's what I want, and I can't have it. This is Vince saying this? Vince is mm-hmm. saying this. Okay. So Vince is telling Michael, like, you know who you are. I, I will, I'll never have that. He's like, you, um, you know, you, you see the clarity. Um, you have your inner peace. I'll never have that. So Randy brought it up earlier than anticipated, but that's when the feud changes from... Michael's not playing ball with the way that Vince wants to run the place. And then once again, turns into, I'm envious of you. And that's why I don't like you right now. This is why I'm screwing you over. And then as long as we're doing this evidence of it, I would add in during the church segment, um, a direct quote from Vince McMahon is, uh, on the seventh day, God rested. I don't believe in days off. Cool. (laughs) All right. So, and again, into the, the, the bad booking. Um, so basically, tears up papers, they argue, Vince slaps Shawn Michaels, Michaels flips the table, hits Vince, and Vince does nothing about it, but at a retirement party that Vince was forcing Michaels to retire, and he doesn't do what he wants him to do, what does Vince usually do when, uh, when somebody doesn't do what they want him to do? Fire! He Vince. fires them! He fires him, Guess yeah. what Vince didn't do? He didn't fire him. He didn't fire him for throwing a table at his boss. He leaves the ring, and that he does nothing because reasons. Okay. Because of the deep down love. Because of reasons, really. Okay. All right. So he could have just fired him. He's fired Stone Cold like 900 times before this. Okay. Why didn't he just fire Sean? Because of the deep down love that they had, that they, they were boys. He helped him do this to save his company at one point. All right, all right, all right. All but right. he was just forcing him to retire. Right, the same so, thing as firing. Because he loves him enough to want him to go out in a respectable way. Okay. So, Randy, I'm still curious as to when God comes into play. It's that. It's, it's him well, saying, right you there. have the clarity. You have the clarity. I don't, I'm never going to find that. I don't believe in that. I can't find a belief in that. I can't find the thing that makes me a better person or content. All right. So, Vince McMahon is jealous. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're only now, where are we at? We're three we're months. In February. We're in February. Yeah, so this, this is, we're, this we're, is pre-mania. About three months in. We're three months in. Mm-hmm. What happens now? Like what, what, so Shawn Michaels doesn't retire. Mm-hmm. Vince McMahon is jealous because Shawn Michaels has this kind of. This is know, the start of the mania build to their match. Yeah. He has this new set of cross eyes and he wants to stick it to his boss no he did no way this is Sean mad at Vince Sean just wants to wrestle and he's over it he's over it it's very one sided Vince is the one who's no we're not done with this it's the ex-girlfriend who can't believe you dumped them oh okay go on let's let's what else is ha- what else because we've we've got three more months to cover here and I'm st- like we, it goes God to has not, April God has not gotten brought early, into this picture yet backlash for backlash yeah, yeah. So it, this is the start of the build of the Mania match, which in there is uh, 
It was a Saturday night main event. Um, was that February 24th? I want to think so. I want to say so. Something like that. Those are that, that goes to the Shane, uh, Shawn Michaels street fight. I, I almost said ladder match because the, the finish is a, a vertical suplex off of a ladder. So the, it goes from that promo to a match with the, um, Michaels and Shane as my son's going to beat you. And it's with Spirit Squad interference that I think Shane actually does end up winning. And then that is supposed to be... That was on NBC on a Saturday night as like their big build, like old school style to Mania mm-hmm. in April. And that's to set up the street fight between Shane... I mean, being between Vince and Shawn Michaels at Mania. 23? 22. 22. Do you rest, Randy? I'm good. All right. So prior to this uh, Saturday main event, uh, and I feel like it's a pretty pretty key part in this uh, with the overbooking, um, it was on February 20th. Um, Vince has uh, four members of the Spirit Squad against Shawn Michaels on a four-on-one handicap match. Mm-hmm. Um, he leaves out Mitch of the Spirit Squad, and uh, which I thought was weird, and they actually brought it up. Mitch questions it, and Vince McMahon says, and I quote, four-on-one is fair. Don't you think five-on-one is a bit excessive? That's key for later on. So the match ends in a disqualification. Spirit Squad jumps Shawn as he's about to win. Um, and then Marty Jannetty, of all people, uh, jumps the barricade. Um, and actually beats up Sean with the Spirit Squad. I mean, uh, beats up the Spirit Squad with Sean, I apologize. And uh, I thought that was pretty cool because it's the Rockers. Because Marty Jannetty's like one of the best talents who never got anywhere. It's, <laughs> it's the Rockers. It's awesome. But, yeah, he's so good in ring. But, yeah. however, another overbooked plot device that just came out of here because reasons. Um, and then Vince, uh, later on next week, Vince comes out. No, I'm sorry. Vince comes out and says next week that uh, he's, going, he's not mad at Jannetty. That he's going, he, he's going to reward Janetti. He's going to give him the opportunity for a full-time contract if Marty Janetti kisses Vince McMahon's bare ass. So now that whole that whole angle. Yeah. So now <laughs> the best angle. We're getting to a part in which we're going to see a sixty-year-old man's ass a lot in the same night. Yeah. Consistently. Yeah. To put. Grown men's faces. Objection sidebar. If we're going to say kiss my ass club, we have to say kiss my ass. <laughs> I'm not saying it. You can do it every time, but I'm not doing it. So, as as you can expect, Janetti refuses to kiss his ass. Uh, Vince says in order to get a contract, he then has to break the master lock. Um, so, Chris Masters comes out, puts Janetti in master lock. He almost breaks it. Vince kicks him in the stomach. Um, and then Michaels comes out and interferes with the whole thing. Um, and then again, Shane comes out of nowhere again, takes him out, and then they push Shawn Michaels' ass uh, face into Vince McMahon's ass. Mm. So, so now... Didn't kiss it. Several times in this whole thing, I think, I think it was four times you see, in this night, you see Vince McMahon's ass. Why? Just for a few of Shawn Michaels. Okay. It's overbooking and bad booking at its finest. All You're right. adding a ton of people to a feud that have little to no reasoning behind it, all just to keep a Vince McMahon and Shawn Michaels feud rolling. Okay. Which, I mean, it's still a problem to this day, but so we're going to sidebar for a quick second. It's still a problem to this day with authority figures being... Object to the sidebar, foresight. That's why I sidebarred. 
you can't, I, I, you can't I, object to a sidebar. I, I object <laughs> to poisoning Zeke's mind with this. Authority figure. Overruled. Okay. So, no, no. Uh, okay. Uh, so, sustain it. No, sustain. Yeah, no, I yeah. agree with your so, I agree with the sidebar. You, we're, you we're, can't overrule on a sidebar. No, that's fine. If, if he doesn't want me to go foresight, then we're going to go We're gonna go back into the editor where Vince McMahon was consistently on camera. Authority figures being the that, bad that's guys a better move for you. is something that's there for a long time. Prior to this, sidebar, still there, sidebar over, Randy. Can't, can't object to that. But... It's overplayed already, and we're doing it again. So there's too many, too many, too many cooks, cooks in the, in the kitchen. kitchen. Too many cooks in the kitchen. Oh, you! There's too many cooks in the kitchen with I this. Can, I can almost hear the edit. Just, <laughs> just for a feud with two people All right. initially involved with us. So I'm still waiting to hear where God comes into play. Now, real quick, can you can you see why this is just Dreadful? The, I don't answer that. You can't answer that. I can't answer that but it's now. Dreadful. That's 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 a objection. To this that is a six-month-long feud that had a payoff that finally was introduced. You're going to be held in contempt. Three to four months later. I am. I'm seeing. I'm seeing a very uh, well orchestrated, uh, very dark, darkly written angle. But what I want to know is why this is called McMahon versus God. It's because he's jealous of the clarity that Michaels has through God. I get that. I get that. So it's, it's, it's because his guy is not answering to him anymore. And he is so um, not self-assured and self-esteem. Uh, if, if Ben's going to sidebar, I'll sidebar. It's why he doesn't want to call it wrestling. He has a less than quality to himself. He wants to call it entertainment. But God comes into play... Because he feels less than now because a guy who he helped so much throughout all the 90s is not on his team anymore. So he feels like God stole his boy from him. What were some things that uh, Shawn Michaels did where he used his faith... To his advantage. Uh, when he came back, it's, he never really used it to his advantage in like a match or anything. It's when he came back, he said, I know there's a lot of you have heard I was not a great person in the 90s. Uh, I feel bad about the way I was. And even when he came back as the commissioner and stuff, he's like, I wasn't in a good place. I was still using and I was on pills and stuff. And that's why they would take me off TV and bring me back. And So he said this on camera? Yep. When okay. he, right when he came back. Pre-Elimination uh, Chamber, where he won the title. Pre-2002 uh, SummerSlam, where he had his first match back. Since he also the cross, the, the cross gear as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, well, not not in the SummerSlam match. I'm just saying in general. Yeah. Like, he wrestled in the jeans He never really t-shirt. used it to an advantage. And he, this is instead of him doing the pose where he leans on the one leg and, and does the flexes, he would he drop to his knees and praise. Right. So he was open on camera about, I'm a better man now through being saved. And how did Vince try to use this against him? He never tried to use it against him. He started to try and take the clarity away from him. How? By making his life miserable. Screwing him over in several matches, putting 
stipulations and matches that were 100% against Sean, four-on-one hand. Getting him matches. beat up by seven guys at once and saying, uh, where's your god now, Sean? There was another match where he had to face Kane, um, and if he used the super kick, he was disqualified. Same thing with Angle. Sean went to go use the super kick anyway. Vince grabs the mic and says, you know what? If you use the super kick, you're out of the elimination chamber. So... Vince wasn't really using his faith against him. He was just making his life miserable in order to be like... To take his faith. All right, guys. So what you guys have, have stated your cases uh, of the buildup, and it's been really comprehensive, and it's been re- you know, really, really um, detail-oriented. But what I want to know is when... Basically, when God became a character in this... Um, and it was, I think we might need to move to some video evidence yeah, to, go there. Was, to see it that. It was mania time. Mania, okay. Even before in the mania match when Michaels drops the elbow to Vince McMahon with a trash can on his head on a table. Yeah. He does a quick praise sort of sure. deal on the ladder. And then it's after that where Vince is, I've created things. I'm like God. Yeah. So, I mean, there, there's a church segment you've never seen, which... right. Um, showing you is not going to help me at all. But <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I mean, what you what I what I'm gathering is like there's some really you know uh, politics and and again like you know I mentioned earlier it's kind of like you know jealousy and Shakespeare. It's very very you know poetic in some ways. In a way, it's as close as WWE has but, ever got to the wire. Sure, <laughs> we're not taking this to court because it was so well done in the lead up, and then there was just this really good match. This has been happen. this has been dubbed by the general consensus of the wrestling community a really shit angle. I'm I want to know when when shit started going south, and I think from what you guys have told me, at some point God actually becomes a character in this little fucking tragic play. Yeah. So I want to see that, and I want to get yeah. to that. Let's get to that. Let's, let's get to this video evidence. We'll get into that, and then we'll we'll get into the match because yeah. Um, I mean the rest. None of, on either side, the defense, no the prosecution, uh, up until leading to this church segment and, and backlash. There's no really damning evidence on either yeah, side. The, right. The, it's more or less giving you the background of it because it's not like... There's a lot of background. No one calls it shit until the idea of having God as a tag team partner is in. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that it's, it's the general use of religion and wrestling people have a problem with. All right. So we built it up. Let's show me why this is... All right. Why this? Why this? You know, train had a head-on collision. All right. And the la- in the logic. final in the in, in the eleventh hour, it sounds like this thing that was months in planning and much like some, creative. We were what taking our time. Like some pretty interesting writing, but apparently it because crashed you're, if you're and gonna burned. If you're going to bring God in as a tag team, you have to get a character over as crazy. Yeah. And maniacal. Yeah. So All let's. Uh, they let's did everything this. they could to lube them up. And so what caused the challenge to crash and burn? Let's go find that out. To the video room. You sure this is a good idea? Yeah, I'm sure this is a good idea. Never been in a place like this before. And by the way, I like the windows. Nice colors. Yeah, they're nice. Now I'm told that if I'm looking for Shawn Michaels' tag team partner, then I will find him right here. I think maybe you're supposed to check us in or something. Sure. 
Um, you might use one of these. It's cash only. Cash only? What kind of outfit are they running here? I guess you wash your hands in there. What are you doing? You don't wash your hands in there. What's the matter with you? What do you do with it? Hey, Shanos, I've got an idea. Watch this. Who am I? Shano, check this out. They rolled out the red carpet for us. God, are you there? God, it's me, Mr. McMahon. Welcome back. We just seen video evidence and shit. <laughs> um, initial thoughts on the church segment. <laughs> man, so... Oh, man. <laughs> you oh. laughed three times. Oh, man. I will give it all it's due for comedic excellence. You had Shane McMahon as the straight man. Just perfect. Perfect. You I will know, say everything he did was great. Shane McMahon was excellent in that whole segment. Uh, Especially when he steps away. Just, very, very you know, slowly. Like, what are you doing with the holy water? And then just steps away, like, <laughs> in the event that God might actually strike you down. Um, let me just make sure I got my, my distance here. Um, that was hilarious. I mean, I, I <laughs> it was great satire. It was great satire at its at its finest. The and uh, the Triple H spot with holy water. The Triple H spot <laughs> with holy water. I, like especially the comment after. I don't know how the hell he does that. Like you don't wash your hands in that. What the hell's wrong with you? <laughs> Randy, as 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 a guy who is who has written stand up and written comedy, you know, you and I have, have done our fair share of shit that never got off the ground. <laughs> we, you know, I, I can appreciate. <laughs> I can appreciate. Well, shit. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was funny. Like you, you know, even the most you know pious of individuals can look at that and be like, "All right, that's funny. It's funny. If, if you're gonna if you're gonna take too much offense to that, then you know, I question your ethics." But that was funny. Um, Here's the thing, though. Like, you guys just gave a great case with that. That to me, without ever seeing any of the Raws and any of the other previous pay per views that led up to that, there was really there was some deep rooted personal uh, writing that went into that. And and you know, both of those both both parties had to agree to this. You know. They had, they had, if you're going to build to something that grandiose, it has to be logical and escalate. Yeah. And, man, it, the, the, the church scene was a very funny, uh, lead in to what could have been 
this epic payoff based on if I'm basing it off of what you what you both uh, gave me. Um, but I want to hear before we get in too deep. Uh, you both need to do some some closing statements. Yeah. Um, so Ben, why don't you go ahead and just close this out? So, like you had said, there was almost something Shakespearean and something almost poetic when it came to the writing of this and the buildup. And honestly, I'm not going to take that away from you. The problem is, it's like watching Titanic for two and a half hours, and then the last half hour of it is a comedy. Mm. It's that much of a, it's that too deep of a swerve when it comes to like the bad booking. Uh, yeah. Poor taste is obviously using uh, the Montreal screw job, using Shawn Michaels' uh, born again Christian, Christianity, uh, using Shawn Michaels' drug and substance abuse. Um, and then when it comes to the overbooking, we have Shane in, in play, Marty Jannetty in play for a few weeks, Spirit Squad uh, yep. from, uh, from, from months in. But like I said, there was a callback where Vince says four on one is fair, but five on one is excessive. In this match of him and Shane versus Vince and God, God yep. Spirit Squad comes out, so now it's seven on supposedly two. We really know it's seven on one. Where is the excessiveness in this? Realistically, all the way up into the church segment was fine. Had Vince not named God as a tag team partner, this would have been fine. A two-on-one, no disqualification, handicap match at Backlash would have been fine. This whole thing could have been saved that instead of saying God is his tag team partner, saying the one thing that can save you is God is your tag team partner, and booking it as a tag team with God on the actual card is easily saying... How is God displayed? What do you mean? Literally just his name. Look, how, yeah. is, he, how is he depicted? How dope was oh, his entrance? So his entrance was literally just a white spotlight that came with angelic singing, <laughs> then turned into... Uh, Shelton Benjamin's old song, later on to be Brodus Clay's uh, theme song. Let's we'll go foresight a little bit. Not part of the case. But but somebody did need to call their mom. <laughs> but, so it was, in, in general, it could, the whole thing could have been saved had Vince just said, Shawn Michaels, you're going to be facing my son Shane and I in a no-disqualification match at Backlash, and the only thing that can save you is your faith in God. That would have saved the whole thing. But using God as an actual, quote-unquote, on-screen character. And they did that through? And they did that through a shining white spotlight. And had the audacity to have the ref call, or have the ref check for weapons. And then name it a no-DQ match? No. Say his faith in God is the only thing that's going to save him. The whole, the whole angle has changed. It's a lot better. I can deal with the constant changing of the, the fire behind it. But God, again, it's, like, it's a watching Titanic for two and a half hours, only to find out the last 20 minutes to a half hour is just a comedy. The defense, I'm sorry, the prosecution rests. All right. 
So, not having God in the match would have walked back the maniacal McMahonisms. And through the match, and that Shawn Michaels never once actually questions his own personal faith or his beliefs, this whole angle put over a Christian's beliefs. He never once wavered in the face of insurmounting odds through his belief in God. The spirit squad comes out, Skyliff slams him through a table. He comes out the next week, still believes in God. The whole angle, as fucked up as it was in many ways and touching on a lot of taboos and things people hold dearly, throughout all of it, Vince McMahon puts over Shawn Michaels as a good Christian and never once makes him talk badly about his faith or in any way question it on camera. And it just makes him out to be a better guy and in a roundabout way puts over in general people who believe with the blind faith necessary to be a good Christian. And with that, the defense will rest. Okay. <laughs> hmm. That that was a good one. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing. <laughs> I have a question. <laughs> I don't have a question. I have more of a statement on the whole thing. I don't believe that Vince McMahon needed to put over God. Um, I think that if you've got a uh, an individual who is you know deep rooted in their faith and they have their they have their faith, um, to, to say what you were saying, Randy, I I think that that goes kind of against the whole point of what um, aligning yourself with faith a a faith is all about. Whether you you know align yourself with, with Christianity, whether you align yourself with uh, Judaism, whether you align yourself with Buddhism. You don't need someone to come out and prove a point to you. You either understand it and you align yourself with it or you don't. Um, that being said, though, that being said, was this a very up until the last little bit up until the final climax, was it a really well-written uh, moral story that uh, basically s- smudged the lines of kayfabe and and used uh, personal uh, highs and lows to to write a story that was going to be on display for the millions? Um, it was it, it was very very well done. However. Ben, I have to side with you. I have to side in that. And I think that that's a really great analogy. There was some really great writing and there was some great uh, drama. There was great drama. At the end of the day, this is a – it is fake at the end of the day. (laughs) It's kayfabe. Scripted, sir. It's scripted. It's theater. 
It's theater. It's theater. Did you say theater? God, I hate you. Something to wrestle with. This was a concept that was fodder for great theater. Um, And if we are putting the case as it's written, McMahon versus God, it had a great buildup, and then it just led to this silly, comical, slapstick finale that took away from months. What you guys said, months. It was months. Six months. Of buildup. And... It, it all just kind of seemed like cheap laughs at the end when you had people when you had topics of substance abuse when you had topics of uh, you know just just political ranking in the in the or in the business that you're in you know stuff that you know in this day and age you never hear about that stuff you might hear about it on a on a on a Facebook page or a, a you know, a mailing list or, you know, a podcast that you, that you follow about back back. of the house. Yeah. (laughs) But you don't, you don't see that stuff play out in the ring or on camera. You don't hear that stuff play out. It's, it's too dangerous. It's too dangerous. And for so long, um, um, this, this was, this was very personal. And then it ended with a climactic, would, slapstick would you say you know it ended with a fart in church <laughs> it ended with a fart in church i got to look i'm not going to deny Ooh. as a fan of comedy i'm not going to deny you know some people will look at that as being super blasphemous it was funny it was fucking funny when they went into the church it was fucking <laughs> funny all right yes you can call it blasphemous you can call it whatever. it was fucking fun. they were you had Fucking a straight man and a and in the punchline, just working on all cylinders. They were great. So, as so we far have, as the we have felony overbooking, misdemeanor bad booking, and, and felony, felony poor taste. Poor taste. So, how do you feel on those three charges? Do you need to change them? Do you need to? What's going on? No, I feel like guilty on all charges. Woo! I feel like guilty on all charges because of the way it ended. Guilty in all charges. I rule in favor of Ben. Um, I don't think it. I don't think it furthered the industry any at all. Because you know they they had an opportunity to you know maybe continue to do angles like that that were really well thought out and drawn, but they just fucking basically just crapped their pants at the end. And but it elevated. It it started the the, the Shane. Face turn that would come with like the cane matches. I well, think, look, I mean, Shane. That's foresight though, man. Shane was great. Also, that's foresight for Crazy McMahon and all that stuff. But I mean, lo- I'm just. I mean, the rulings happen yeah. now, so. I mean, also, um, this whole thing also led to uh, 2006 uh, DX, which isn't the best DX, but it's pretty funny. I have a question. It's the worst of the three. It's the worst, but it's pretty funny. It was pretty funny. So that's my ruling. Uh, guilty. On all, on all on all accounts. All right. Had the outcome been different, and had they had they stuck to form, had they stayed took it more on seriously, track, yeah, like they had leading up to it, I probably would have had a different ruling. Yeah. But it just took such a slapstick turn with Vince McMahon talking to a spotlight and doing. You know, look, was his mic work great? Was he? Was he? Was he? You know. 
Was it clever? Sure, but it was stupid. And leading up to it, there was some dark, deep, ridden this content. And and if they'd have played with that and they had had this great finish, it would have been epic. This whole but thing. That whole spotlight gimmick, it was just fucked. Like, the way you, I see this. You're insulting my intelligence. The way I see this, it's almost every Adam Sandler movie in reverse. It's comical for the first 45 minutes. Well, if you go reverse chronological order, they get better. What? And the last... <laughs> and the last... No, no, no. His movie in general. Like, any movie in general. The first 45 minutes, it's comical. The last half hour is very serious. But if you... And it ruins a lot of things. Had they been able this to This angle back? was the opposite of that, where it's very able? serious yeah. for more than half of it. And then it just got stupid. And then it just got really dumb real quick. In hindsight, though, if they could have looked back on it, uh, a lot of the stuff we just talked about would have been um, information that it would have been useful to me yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> good little na- good little plug right there. Um, good little name drop. All right. That's my ruling. Guilty on all charges. Ben, you win this case. But overall, it's a pretty enjoyable angle. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it, nobody said it wasn't enjoyable. Look, the case, the whole the case is of, whether or not it's good or bad. The whole point of this podcast is to, you know, hopefully get people to go back and rewatch. And, you know, if you disagree when it, with my ruling. Oh, there's a, that's a good way for them to get at us. There's a great way to get at us. You can get at us at Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Kfabe Court. I thought I had a shot when Zeke laughed. A legitimate three laughs at at the six minutes in the church. The church bit was very funny. It was very, very funny. I think the thing that made it as funny as it was is that Shane McMahon's reactions, the whole thing, was great. He was a great straight man. You have to have have one, and... He played it perfectly. Look, when you when you're doing any kind of comedy, a great straight man because, as we all know, he has three kids. And handsome as fuck. He's getting better with age. He's like a fine wine. His matches aren't, but his matches are great, man. His against AJ Styles was pretty. His matches are great. His matches are great. That's a whole separate thing. I would like to take to court to a WWE champion is uh, having an almost 50-50 match with a forty-eight-year-old (laughs) non-wrestler. Yeah. Alright, guys, uh, we want to thank you all for listening. We hope you enjoyed yourselves. Uh, get at us at, at Kfabe Court on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. If you have an angle, if you're a wrestling fan and you have an angle that you think needs to be taken to court, then you know what to do. Get at us! We can double compress you so you stay low. Oh. I'll double compress <laughs> Buy a girl you. a drink first, Randy. I'm mad about how funny that was, like, all together. I'm a funny guy, man. I'm a funny guy. All right. <clears throat> Allegedly. We can't say that. <laughs> we love you. The legal right? department will have to get involved. <laughs>
Hold on, start again. <laughs>